Hey everyone, this is Pastor Stephen. I wanted to thank you for checking out our podcast, and we hope that this message encourages you and helps you in your pursuit to live for Christ with everything you have. We hope you enjoy the message. Freedom. And this morning, it's not anything different because we all have that ability. But one thing I want to do is I want to let the one who's got the greatest testimony, who's got the longest longevity, which is 21 years old, I think, today, right? Brother Jack, yeah, congratulations on 21. No, in all reality, Jack hit me up a couple months ago, and he says, Pastor, you do realize this year marks 71 years of active ministry where he's been serving the church. And give honor where honor is due. Come on, church. years of ministry. I told him every morning that I see him on Mondays. You're not going to get to preach, I don't think. But I tell him on Monday mornings, I said, Jack, I don't know if I could actually do 71 years of ministry, so you are truly blessed and highly favored by God to do what he's let you do. But it's my honor to get to let him take the microphone and give us a sermon this morning to talk about what God has done and what he can do in your lives. So brother, it's all yours. You enjoy Am I supposed to preach this morning or do what? Man, I, I certainly didn't appreciate, appreciate that. I certainly did not know he was coming. Um, I love this church. Brother and sister Sam, uh, Sam and, and Gifty, they came to this church in Struthers two weeks before I did. And so we're both celebrating about 22 years, uh, their family and mine, of coming to this local church. And I love you folks. Um, I hope you love me and it sounds like it. Uh, Yetta, let's get a first picture, okay? That's me standing in front this past July, July a year ago. Well, this is July. But last year, we went to San Antonio for General Assembly. And I got the local pastor to drive me by the building. He didn't know where it was. But I had the address. We drove by it. And that's the front of it. And on the left side is about half of the length of it. Wasn't very big. And the pastor lived in the back of it. So that sanctuary might have seat 50 if you put everybody squashed together. Thank you. Well, the, the scripture says it like this. Three score and 11 years ago. I preached my first sermon this past Wednesday. I hope I do it justice today. Uh, I've been working on this sermon, and Pastor can tell you I have. I've talked to him a little bit about it at different times, uh, about two to three months, so I may have forgot too much or forget half what I've been studying. And, but anyway, uh, I'm going to preach today to you on no matter what, you can make it. And guys, you sang my song. I didn't write it, but the last song these guys sang, uh, it will tie in so very much with what I preached this morning. My one text that I have is out of Jeremiah 32:17, and the latter part of that verse says, 
there is nothing too hard for God. And my text today is no matter what, you can make it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful today that I can open up your book and bring scriptures that can pertain to us, and it does today. Because it, it, it touches so many of our lives as we look at the scriptures that I plan to use for this message. I ask God that you direct my thoughts today to this congregation in a manner that they will receive it and be blessed and go in the strength of it. In Christ's name, amen. The last three years has been kind of like a fog in the church world. Roughly three years ago, we had COVID-19 to hit our country, and every one of us have been affected since then. We came to church here, I think about the first Sunday of March, maybe the second, three years ago. Thirteen of us came into this building to have service for the first time on Facebook. It just so happened I preached that Sunday. We had uh, six people over here in a band that sat in here. Uh, Chip was one of them. And I, let me stop right there. I'll, fit, I'll forget somebody. Uh, I'm 21, remember? But the next day, three people came down with COVID. Pastor Mitchell, Joyce Mitchell, and Chip Anderson. And since then, about everybody in this building has gone through something about COVID. It's affected our lives. It's affected our church. It's affected the church world everywhere. Not only do we have service here inside the building, but some churches began that Sunday having service in parking lots. Uh, they've done it. We did a little bit of everything. The second Sunday after, after it started, uh, Brother Mitchell preached out of his living room. Maybe the third Sunday. I can't remember. Joyce could correct me. But I know the first Sunday after I did, then he used his living room, and I believe for two Sundays. Now, I got along without it until December 24 this past year. It had been nearly three years, and all of you, just about all of you, had had COVID-19. As I'm preaching to you this morning, some of you had it twice, or maybe more. But I evaded it, thought it's gone forever. But then on December 24th, 2022, it hit my house. And, and I observed what, what you did. And mine was very, very weak. Some of you had it pretty bad. All of us have experienced storms in our lives. Different kind of storms have come our way. And this morning, my text is out of Jeremiah, but my sermon is out of Acts 27, chapter 27 and chapter 28. So if you take notes, I'll kindly give you, uh, as I break it down, I'll try to give you the scriptures that I'm going to be talking about. In these two chapters of Acts, we read of a terrible storm that arose, and Paul was on a ship along with 270, the Apostle Paul, along with 275 other prisoners, and he was headed to Rome for, to go in prison. But there arose a storm, and it became a very bad storm. They, they started out from the land of a little, little, little uh, island called Crete, C-R-E-T-E, and, um, and be, began their long, treacherous journey to Rome. The first breakdown I want to talk to you about out of those two chapters begins in verse, chapter 27, verses 15 and 16, where Paul 
was getting on board and they were boarding the ship and began to sail. It looked like it might be all right. However, the Lord talked to Paul and he said, advise the people not to sail, but they did. So the, the first part I'm gonna talk about this morning is the brunt of the storm. Every one of us have had storms of life and some of them have a pretty severe brunt. It hits us hard. Some of you were hit hard with COVID, but it hits us hard. Different kinds of storms that come away, it's, it's hard to tell. Now this ship, however, that they were on was a cargo ship. It wasn't a passenger ship, it was a cargo ship. And these 276 men, I guess all men, were, were, were headed for different directions. Paul was supposed to go to Rome, but others were going to go somewhere else. But this storm hit, this storm hit with such form until it just disrupted everything. It was Paul, and, and, and Paul, and again in verse 22 said, don't get off the ship. To stay alive, stay on the ship. Now, if I could do a little preaching in there, it would say, stay in church. When storms arise, don't let it keep you from worshiping God, nor stay away from church every time you can get there. That's basically what he's saying here. If you stay with people, stay with God, avoid everything else, though it may be hard to do, you'll make it to heaven one day. Amen. Amen. During my 71 years of ministry, I've had a few things that I could call storms today. I'm not going to mention everything that happened to me. Last year, I gave you a little bit of a history of different things that happened to me, but there's one or two I want to mention this morning that was very, very hard for me. Uh, early on, probably within 10, 15 years after I started preaching, uh, I, had, I, had, I had arrived in um, Indiana. And after a few, few, a couple, three years there, the overseer came to me twice, in fact, and said, Brother Bridges, uh, I, your ministry is needed somewhere else. Well, I, I, I was listening to the overseer. You're supposed to do that, I guess. And I always have, in fact. Still do. But anyway, he came to me and said, I have a church I'm going to present your name. I said, okay. If you think it's God's will and, 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 be a, and I, could, I could serve as a great minister there, what they need, go ahead. Well, he ran my name and they said no. They said no because I had five kids. Believe that? Well, we can't afford a pastor with five kids. Well, if they couldn't afford me, I sure didn't want to go, did I? That was strange to me, and it was quite a blow. I wasn't expecting that. A second time, the same man came and said again, uh, let's try again. And he, he, he said, there's a church out of state that, that wants a minister, and it called me to see if they have anybody. Would you be willing to go? I said, whoa, my goodness, I don't know. Uh, it had been turned down once. Anyway, finally we did, we tell that, that that's okay. In fact, I would have gone within 25 or 30 miles, I think, of where Brother and Sister Turner came from. I will tell you the church, but I'm not going to really do that. Anyway, the overseer was a man I've known since I was knee-high to a duck, my people used to say. I was very young. Uh, my older brothers were the same age he was. They were all teenagers together. He grew up and became a great missionary was in charge of a lot of the Church of God missions in, the South, in South America. And he sat at my table. He's, eat, he's laid in my bed and went to sleep many times. I thought, okay, I'd like to work under him. 
So he presented my name. No, he was going to present my name, so I thought. But when it all came to pass, he, he called me and said, Brother Bridges, well, he called me Jack, Jack E. He said, uh, I, can't present, I, can't, I can't present your name. I said, why can't you? Personal friend, longtime friend. He said, because your wife cuts her hair. Well, I had another blow. Incidentally, I never, had, uh, uh, I never agreed with that overseer to present my name anywhere else. That, nobody has else after that. I moved once or twice, and I'm finally living here in retirement. But that was all of that. Uh, you know, I just didn't, I thought two, two strikes is enough. But I had a third strike, and it was after 15 and a half years working as manager of Pathway Bookstore in Akron, Ohio. All of a sudden, the committee that operated all stores, we had 13 of them. My wife and I were, were managers of one. We'd been there 15 and a half years, and I was now uh, 55 years old. I thought, okay, I, we'll just stay here and retire from this position. Well, somebody on the board that operated all the stores was so, was so he, he had a different feeling. And he, he said, I tell you what, I think all of our stores, they're not all making money. So I think we ought to just close all, we had 13. He said, I think we ought to just close all 13. Well, that hit me. I had nowhere to go. I was sent there through the general offices of, with Pathway Press. So they were supposed to find me a place to go. Uh, they didn't. And I was quite upset. Uh, a church came open just on the east side of Akron. It had, it had been a church of 125, 150. Bad days had happened. And their attendance was down to 15. The overseer said, would you go there? I said, I sure would. Well, God blessed us there. We spent 10 and a half years. Within the first year, I was already up to 100 and we were very thrilled. Thrilled because Claudine didn't want to leave Pathway. She wanted to finish there, get a house out in the country made out of brick, and retire easily. Well, the church party was nice and brick, and it had a lot of trees in the background. So we called that the country. Anyway, blows happen in everything you do. Some of you might have been fired from a job, a job you enjoyed, and a job that brought you a lot of money. And it was a storm that struck you you were not expecting. Some of you might have had a sickness that struck you, and it was so severe that you, you, you just couldn't hardly understand it. But it came anyway, unexpected, and the brunt of the storm was tough and rough. About 30 years ago, after I'd retired from pastoring, I was doing some counseling, like Sister Turner does, except my counselees were all people who couldn't walk, some of them even couldn't talk. They used boxes to put things in. They wanted to tell us. It was about 75 miles from my house west of Cleveland. I was in Akron at the time. And I was over there. Uh, Claudia had been having some difficulties. And she decided to go see a doctor. And she was going one day. And I was around Illyria. That's where I was. And I was over doing counseling. And about mid-afternoon, I called home. And I said, Claudine, did you see the doctor today? She said, yes, I did. Well, what did he say? I'm not going to tell you until you get home. Now, that struck a chord already. Why wouldn't you tell me on the phone? Anyway, all afternoon, I probably didn't do the best counseling. And it was 75 miles away, so I got home about 6, 6.37 in the evening. 
And the very first thing was, what did the doctor say? He says, I've got cancer. Now that, that word has always had a meaning to it that most of us don't like. It was another brunt force of wind or whatever you would call it to my life. Well, she had her surgery. Never took an aspirin afterwards. Had no pain hardly at all. And she had no more trouble for the next uh, 20 years. God answered prayer. But it was a blunt force that hit us. <laughs> About the same time, I went to see a doctor. We were brief, doing, doing some work on our church on, on Albrecht Avenue on the east side of Akron. We were remodeling inside and out, putting a parking lot on the back that came around to the side of the building where people could walk like this one, could walk straight in. If you walked up to the front door, you had steps like this one in San Antonio, or more of them than that, actually. And um, I went to see a doctor, came back, okay, except you got an ear infection. So I told Claudine, in the next few days, I, I kept getting worse and worse. I'd go from chair to bed to couch. Uh, I just couldn't stay up hardly at all. And I scheduled another, another appointment with the doctor. And Claudine said, wait a minute, before you go, I'm going to write some things down. Now, she was a nurse, so she probably wrote a dozen things down. Said, you take this to the doctor. Well, I went in and see him, and I said, uh, Dr. Pratt, he'd been our doctor then ever since we'd moved there, 30-something years. And I said to him, he said to me, after he's looked at all this, he says, don't go anywhere. You're going across the street for some tests, across the hall, actually, some stores. It's Summa Hospital now. It used to be called City. And so I walked across there and had the blood test done and all of that stuff. And when I came out, he says, you can go home, but don't go anywhere. I'll call you for the bed, I think. Well, I went home. Claudine was working in Cuyahoga Falls. I was in east side of Akron. And when he finally called me, he said, I've got you a bed, and I want you to come down here now. Well, but don't drive. And that was a problem. Claudine was in Cuyahoga Falls, 20 miles away maybe. But my neighbor at the back, we had at the back of our church, we had a big old building we rented out. It just so happened the man was there. And I called him and said, can you take me to the hospital? Yes. In the meantime, I asked the doctor, why am I going to the hospital? He said, you've got diabetes. I said, okay. Why do I have to go to the hospital? He said, because your reading is 800 and 29. I said, well, well, what's wrong with that? He said, it should be about 150. So the, to the hospital, my neighbor took me. Claudine met me there. But it was a real blow to me. Just a few weeks or months ago, this congregation faced a real storm. We had wind. We had rain. We had problems galore all across the people. Brother and sister, brother and sister Phillips, had trees down everywhere. The west side of my house, that goes to the point, it's called fascia down through there. My, all of a sudden, the top of the fascia on my west side of the house started coming off, and I could hear it, but I couldn't, I, couldn't, I didn't know what it was. So after it finally quit blowing a little bit, I walked outside, and it would just begin to peel off, off the corner of the top of my house. Well, those are some things that we can look at, but the brunt of the storm in Acts 27, it was just something that 
they couldn't handle. It was at the corner of two seas coming together. It's where they were. Now, you know about rivers or creeks that come together. You know what a, uh, how the water will twirl or different things. But they were in the middle of two seas. So they had a lot of problems trying to keep that ship ashore. But what I've been talking about this morning comes out of the 27th chapter, verses 15 and 16. And then you go down to verse 22, where he told them, don't abandon ship. Anyway, if I would give you a story out of the Bible that somebody really were, were facing a brunt storm, you'd be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were told either bow or burn. That is quite a brunt, isn't it? It's a real force that comes your way. But they, they said, bow or burn, bow to my demand, or you will burn and the furnace will be seven times hotter than it was before. They didn't bow. They were cast into the furnace to burn. They did not burn because there was a fourth man in the fire and his name was Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. You can, you can face the brunt of any storm in your life because these scriptures show that we can. The second thing I'm going to talk about this morning is the battering of the ship. And it's in the 25th, of the, I mean the 27th chapter, but 17 through 20, if you're taking a note. The winds and the waves were so fierce that great fear came upon, a, upon everybody on that boat. Cargo was thrown overboard. Food was getting scarce. The Bible said they had fasted and worked for 14 days. And, 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 and had nothing had happened. The boat was still in great, 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 great peril. Fourteens they'd been working. It had nothing. And finally Paul said, it's time to eat. And so they did. They ate something. And then they threw what meaning wheat they had overboard. Another time it looked like somebody was going to leave boat. And Paul said something like this again. Remain on board or lose your life. So I guess I could go back and say what I did earlier, couldn't I? As long as we stay together, folks, as long as we've got one accord as we come to worship, we're going to make it to heaven. There's nothing that can stop us if you really work for God. This battering of this wind not only touched, touched the, the, the fascia of my, of my house, but it also put holes in a screen on one of my upstairs bedroom. I had to take it off to get it repaired I called the man that I thought would do it, said he couldn't, but I called him within an hour after I found it. But I did find where to get it fixed, and we did. If anybody in the Bible saw the storms of life battering them, it'd be David. David, the man that God called him an apple of his eye. But the things happened to him that was terrible. Part of it he caused, part of it he did not. One thing he caused was he had an industrial affair with Bathsheba. They had a child, and the child died after birth, and it just really tore him up. But, 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 but he had a number of things that bothered him. In 1 Samuel chapter 20 and verses 1 through 6 is a story of battering to me of what he went through. It's a story of his, 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 he and his warriors were off doing a, a battle. And when they came back to Ziglag, which was their home, when they got back, it had been destroyed by fire, or at least destroyed. His wife and kids, his warrior's wife and kids were all gone. 
Now that's a really a battering, isn't it? it it's, it's, it's really facing you over and over and over. That's what a battering is. That's why my screen got messed up. It, the fascia kept, fascia kept coming down and down on the end of my house. And finally, it reached the screen and began batting against it and it tore holes in it. But anyway, David the same way. He'd gone out to battle for God's people and they came back and the whole city was destroyed. Their families, all warriors, their families were gone. And the Bible says that all of them wept until they could weep no more. A real battering to their lives. Just like the battering of these waves against this ship. Nothing they could do. They just sat there and it battered and battered. In this sea, two seas come together. David feared for his life because his warriors were with him. Their families were gone. In fact, he's, the Bible says that, that he feared that his warriors who were so close to him were going to kill him because all of their families were gone. So he feared for his life, a battering to his life. And on, on another occasion, he said, you know what? I've got so many problems. He said, I looked on my right hand no help was over there. I looked on my left hand and there was no help over there. He needed help, but nothing was in, was in his reach of what he was looking, of the way he was looking. But he, he was battered and, 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 and they wanted to kill him, at least he said. But then the Bible says something that every one of us ought to note. During that part of that battering, the Bible says that David encouraged himself. So many times we look to, for people to help us out, don't we? We ask them for prayer. We, ask, we, we talk with them. Just a number of things happen. But, but when it comes right down to it, folks, we have to, we have to do this for ourselves. Let me tell you a little story. And I'm not going to tell you who it involves, at least in publicly. But uh, I, I gave a little prayer on a piece of paper to a, to a person. And I said... Uh, you need to you need to read this and then and then repeat it. Well, it didn't happen, but a, but a few days later I got a phone call, and they said, <laughs> "I just prayed." Now now I lost me. What do the Catholics call it? Huh? Yeah, you know. All of us know. Concerning the the when people are dying. Huh? No, they don't use a rosary. Well, they probably use a rosary, but it's called something else. Anyway, he said, I prayed that. And I said, okay. Uh, thank you. Now you need to keep praying it. And I think that that person probably did. Well, I'll find out. I'll, if it wasn't that long ago, I think they'll find out later. Um, oh, goodness, I almost said it then. But anyway... There's different ways that you can approach people to help them. Um, it's kind of like end of life. Okay, now tell me what they call it. Huh? Okay. Did you hear? Okay. Anyway, uh, there's always kind of ways people with trouble that you can help them. And I, I was able to help this person when I wasn't around. And that's the reason I did it. David 
David was able to go back and kill and capture all those who had captured their families and destroyed their city. Now, that's, that's the battering. It just keeps on and on and on. And you may think sometime I've had too many troubles this year. You guys sang a great song as you closed to go with my message. We never know how long we might have to pray for some problem. But it don't make any difference how long it takes. If you look to God and believe Him, you'll make it. Amen. Now the third part of this, and I've lost, uh, no, Yetta's back there. I almost lost you, Yetta. The third part of this, is gonna, I'm going to kind of surprise you in a moment. But the third part of this is in, in the 28th chapter, verse 3 and 4. And you had, first of all, the brunt of the storm, the battering of the ship, and now we got the bite of the snake. But just wait a minute. The ship struck the ground. And they, Paul said, just get boards. If you can swim to shore, go ahead. If you can't, get boards off of the ship, tear it apart, and get boards and use them to get to land. And so they, they, they got, they, those who couldn't swim, it made it to land by shore. And because of the cold weather, and because they had all got wet, leaving this boat to, uh, to, to, get, a, to get ashore, the scripture says that they were all cold. So there was some wood there, and they started building a fire. And the apostle Paul uh, went out to gather some wood and came back and put them upon this fire. And as this fire got hotter, this is what happened. Yet other first one. Hang like that. The Bible says a snake came out of the pile of fire and bit Paul. Now that's a picture of a rattlesnake. You don't want to catch that one. But anyway, that's the way they look when they're about to strike or, just, or, or, or upset. And it bit him on the hand. And he shook it off, back off into the fire. The bite of the snake. It's bad. You're dead. It's a poisonous snake. It's bad, you're dead. But here's one that's not dead yet. Let's look at it. The second one. See that one? Well, it don't look like it's very much, but that's a rattlesnake, and it was in Brother Sister Phillip's grandson's backyard uh, about 10 days ago, maybe a week ago. And they called someone to come take care of it. They called it the environmental person that, uh, on, the, on, Army, on the Army post out in Arizona. Uh, I don't know what they do. But at least they got the snake out of the way. But that was coming, it looks like, right toward him, doesn't it? They took the picture. And they put it on Facebook, uh, and that's where I got it from. But look, what I'm trying to say is, God, doesn't matter what's going to happen to you, you can make it. No matter what happens, you can make it. You can make it through the brunt of the storm. You can make it through the battering of the storm. Now look, I got a prop. My upstairs window looks like the bottom part of it after I took it to a repair shop. There's no holes in it, are they? It looks good, doesn't it? I just got a problem. I just don't stop long enough to put it back in. But I decided to bring it along today. This is what happens when you take it to a repair shop and they do a good job. Likewise, when you take your problems to the Lord, and they're all kind of problems, you don't know what they're going to be. But to come out looking like this. Amen. Amen. 
Hallelujah. I don't care what they are. God, look, if I can make it through a bunch of things, you can make it through a bunch of things. I'm just one like you. Amen. If Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego can make it through, so can you. If David can make it through, so can you. And let me give you one more story in our close. It's a story of Gideon. And all of us know who Gideon is and what happened to him. It's, um, it's a story out of, out of uh, Judges. And I think you'll probably find it in verses 7 and 8, at least the latter part of it. But God had talked to Gideon and said, Look, I want you to fight against God, uh, about the enemies of God's people. And he said, they surmised everything. He said, well, we've got 3,000 men that can fight. But God said, that's too many. We're not going to go to battle against the enemy with 3,000 people. So we need to bring it down to that, to a, to a different number. They came down one time. They came down a second time. And finally, from 3,000, they got down to 300 to fight the enemy. 300 out of 3,000. Now, that would be pretty hard to That'd be kind of like a snake bite, wouldn't it? They can't do that. It's impossible. We can't win the battle. Four to one was the difference in the ratio. We just can't do that. But they went to battle, and they did. And then the scriptures I just gave you said that they pursued them to the Jordan. And then it says, and Gideon was so, so tired, he was about to faint. But look, here's the, that's the word it says. But he pursued. He was about to fall over, but he kept fighting. Now I want to give you the rest of that. He was bitten by a snake. In Numbers chapter 21, here's what God said. They had, the people of Moses had been bitten by poisonous snakes, and it was a big problem in their camp. So God said to him, go, go build a a, a, a parent of a snake, put it on a pole, and all the people look toward that, they're going to be healed. Well, in John chapter 3, you know, wait a minute, maybe you should be sure I got my scripture right. Um, I know it, but John 3, right? In John chapter 3, verses 14, it says, Like the serpent in the wilderness was put up on a pole, so the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God is on a pole. That was crucifixion. So even though they had a problem in the wilderness, we have a problem in 2023. But our Savior, our Healer, all these things they sing about a while ago, all, all the problems we face, the brunt of the storm, the shattering of the storm, the bite or whatever happens to us, we can make it, folks. No matter what, we can make it. Now I've got a song I wrote, if I've got it with me. Uh, well, I do somewhere, or I left it somewhere, maybe. No, there it is, hidden. Uh, I'm not going to ask anybody for music, but, but along with the song they sang this morning, I want to kind of off with my, no music, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sing the last verse of God is Sufficient and hope I get through it okay. Years ago, in Egypt's bondage, with, uh, no, verse 2, whether in a fiery furnace or in a valley low, he still controls each of us and helps us bear our load. So lift 
your eyes toward heaven, your soul he'll satisfy, for God is sufficient for you. Oh, God is sufficient for every problem. He knows how much you can bear. We'll never stumble. We'll never falter. We'll keep our hearts upon the altar for God is sufficient for our needs. That's my message this morning, church. God is sufficient for every brunt, every shatter, every bite. You can make it. You can make it. Now, as I close this morning, I think we're supposed to have a lady come in here, and I hope they found her. What are you doing this for? For prayer? You're going to help me out, ladies. I can't hear you all the way up here. Okay, you know what it's all about? All right. It's a, it's a good thing you're doing. I know that. Okay, let us stand. I don't see the pastor, so I'll cause like I normally would close. It is so good to have you here today. I trust that I have made some kind of remarks on this 71st anniversary that no matter what happens to you, you can make it. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, today because you've been with us. I've opened the scripture this morning, Lord, to people that have problems. They're, they face the brunt of the storms, and it's rough. They keep being battered by the winds, and it's, it's rough. And then there's some time, Lord, it's like a snake bite. It's terrible. But there's a, there's, a, there's a one that was hung on a, on a cross and he was hung there for a purpose to obtain our salvation and to meet our needs. Now, bless this congregation. Keep us in your love and care. Meet our various needs from this sermon as we leave today. In Christ's name, amen. I saw the pastor come in, I think. Anything else?